What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Primal Baseball Podcast. If you haven't done so already, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Primal Baseball, P-R-I-M-A-L-B-S-B-L. If you want to be a guest or you think you know somebody who would be a cool guest, please shoot us an email at Primal Baseball, P-R-I-M-A-L-B-S-B-L at gmail.com. Today on the podcast, I have another guest. I have Tim Damaris, who is the director of business development um, at Mark Pro. And if you guys don't know what Mark Pro is, we're going to get into that a little bit, but it's it's going to be a helpful tool and resource for baseball players, athletes in general to recover. But I'm going to let Tim introduce himself further. So Tim, how's it going? Oh, it's, it's going great. And I, I'm going to follow suit and tell everyone if they don't follow us yet, we're at the Mark Pro on every platform, Instagram, X, Twitter, whatever you want to call it. We have sure. An interesting TikTok because our event videos are cool. And then obviously Facebook. But yeah, at the Mark Pro. Um, but if you don't know what Mark Pro is and you play baseball, at this point, you might be just out of the loop. Um, Mark recovery device, it's, it's, it's STEM, it's eSTEM, but there's some real significant differences that we'll probably talk about during the call. Um, but we help with recovery. We're currently used by every Major League Baseball team. We have over 225 Major League pitchers at our last count. We have over, we have every minor league team and we have, we don't know the full count yet, but somewhere over a thousand college teams in different sports. So we're out and about, we do every sport, but baseball by far is our biggest sport. Um, and it, pitchers are the low hanging fruit, but we can be used by any player in the field. Uh, and my contention is that catchers actually need it the most. But uh, like I said, we'll get into some of what it does and, uh, and figure out if it makes sense for anybody out there. Yeah, if you've been around a baseball facility, you, you might not know what the Mark Pro looks like, but I'm sure you've seen it before. I mean, they're they're everywhere. It's it's the thing that the guy has on their arm. They got their their sleeve rolled up and and their arms kind of jolting, and you're like, yo, what's what's going on over there? So that's that's the Mark Pro. Um, and and usually, like like Tim said, the pitchers will be using it, but it can be utilized by every position. Um, not just pitchers. Pitchers are athletes, but um, we're gonna. We're going to go, yeah, we're going to, we're going to start off by, we'll get into the Mark Pro later, but I first just wanted to get, get a little background on you, Tim, and, and maybe you could talk about, you know, your, your experience with baseball prior to working with Mark Pro, you know, your love for the game, where that started and, and get into your career and, and where you fell in love with the game of baseball and we'll go from there. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I've had brushes with baseball in the past and, Obviously, I'm wearing a Red Sox hat. I'm a big Red Sox fan. I grew up in New Hampshire. Um, my my late dog is named Fenway. It's like my favorite players, Dustin Pedroia and Trot Nixon. So go back in the day. Um, my claim to fame in baseball is actually I caught in from 10 to 12. I was the catcher for Brian Wilson, the fear of the beard from the Giants. Back in the day, he grew up in New Hampshire. He did not have a beard at the time um, or shoe polish for that matter. Um, but that's kind of where I, I got into baseball and then I ended up going a soccer route and I was always a fan of baseball, but didn't really play it for moving forward. Um, and now obviously with Mark pro, like baseball is 90% of my time. So I'm interacting primarily in my position. I'm interacting with youth and high school, some college, uh, and then tons of training facilities. But like I said, it's so much baseball, so often and now even though we're past summer ball and we're into fall ball and training season it doesn't really stop yeah yeah and so where where in new hampshire 
did you grow up i'm from i'm from vermont so you know i don't really like new hampshire that much but uh <laughs> we're, yep. we're in new hampshire yeah I'm, i was in londonderry so it's uh okay. exit four and five on 93 if you know the area yeah uh, right near right near manchester yeah vegas exactly now i wanted to move into mark pro and yeah. i'm just gonna give you the the easiest question and let you go into whatever you want to um after that but what is mark pro yeah. So where am I going to start? So Mark is not a person. Uh, Mark is actually an acronym. It stands for muscle activation recovery cascade, which is really a fancy way of saying when we create muscle contractions, we get this whole host of benefits. And if we do it consistently, they build upon each other. Um, so what Mark Pro is, is it's a stim device. So it's only about this big, not super huge, just wires that come off. Um, the wires will connect to these electrodes and the electrodes will come off and stick on the skin. And the reason we're sticking to the skin is we're placing it over muscles so that an electrical signal will go through the skin um, and create a muscle contraction that is going to be the catalyst to our benefit. So there's tons of stim out there. Most people have used TENS units or something in a PT Cairo. Um, but what they don't understand is most stim, well, not all stim falls into a category. And there's a bunch of categories of STEM. Uh, the three main ones are going to be pain control, recovery, and rehab. Uh, PT Cairo is typically rehab. The at-home units that people have is usually pain control, um, temporary while you have it on. Um, but we fall in the, the recovery category. And what makes this different is the electrical signal. So we have an electrical signal that when it connects with the muscle, it creates a non-fatiguing muscle contraction. Um, when we contract our muscles normally, uh, either we're doing a workout or we're doing an active recovery. And those contractions, regardless of how we create them, will be fatiguing because we're going to burn ATP or glycogen. Um, we're going to stress that muscle. We're going to load it. Um, and it's going to break the muscles down. In layman's terms, well, it's going to break the muscle down so we have to rebuild it stronger, which is what recovery is. Now, what makes us different is because we're non-fatiguing, where we're not burning that ATP or glycogen, and we're not stressing the muscle beyond just loading it is that we can create muscle contractions that don't create fatigue, but they will increase blood flow and lymphatic drainage. So the reason why we want to move as part of our recovery is blood flow and lymphatic drainage, which is where Mark Pro comes in, right? Normally you've probably seen high school pitchers that do like um, running poles or uh, variety, jump on a light bike ride after or something. One, no one likes to do this. <laughs> Uh, and two, they will be fatiguing and there's still stress on tendons and joints and there's just more time at the field. So enter Mark Pro. We put these on these muscles. We target the muscles that are in question for pitcher. It's normally above and below the elbow, above and the shoulder. Catcher's just going to be legs, low back, and still arms and shoulder. Um, and we're going to contract those muscles for the same benefit as the active recovery, but without ever fatiguing it to the point where if you have a two-hour car ride home, you could leave Mark Pro on the whole time and it'll never hurt it. So... Really long story short, Mark Pro is bringing good stuff in, taking bad stuff out, and we're doing that without any introducing any harm. Um, like one of our taglines in the past was active recovery perfected. And it's actually a really good um, like break, like a snapshot of what we do, which is active recovery. Um, to take one step back from that, um, most people give us some pushback on like, well, recovery is sleep. And you're like, 
It is. There's three pillars of recovery. You have sleep, which is hormone reset, body reset, uh, hormone production. Um, and there's obviously a bunch of psychological and mental things that go into it. And then we have intake, which is hydration and nutrition. Um, and then we also have movement, which movement's probably the most underserviced pillar of recovery. And movement's important because we're distributing the hormones. We're distributing the building blocks from hydration and nutrition. Um, and we're removing waste that can build up. Uh, so hopefully that wasn't too long-winded. <laughs> yeah, no, you can yeah, that was great. You covered a lot of stuff um, that I that I wanted to cover, and it was just awesome to to hear like everything being broken down into something that people can understand. Right when sometimes when we see all this science, and it can be the same in in mechanics when we when we hear all the verbiage and the language, it's like, you know, you gotta you gotta you gotta step back. Like I have no idea what you just said to me. Like, you, you, that's great that that it does all those things, but I have no clue what you're actually doing. So to, he to hear it broken down into language that everyone can understand is really cool. Um, some of the, <clears throat> one of the big things that I, that I picked up on, right. Was, was just having that the active recovery and the, the fatigue of the muscles is, is, is good to a certain extent. Right. And I can even give, give my own, um, example, but you know, after you throw, it's, you know, a lot of guys are doing right arm care. They're doing the band pull aparts, the generic, right? Like the Y's, the W's, the T's, sure, whatever you need to do. Those um, things, um, so I, I want to be super clear, like, we yeah. don't want to take away from the other elements of arm care. Like, they right, are, right. Um, I usually put it in the terms of, like, most things that people do for arm care, like the y, Y's, I's, and T's, the, your, all your Jager band stuff, long toss, that's all almost stolen directly from physical therapy. Right. There's good reason why it's still stolen from physical therapy is because that's a tried and true method. So you're right. Like all those things should still be done. I I never I just want to put that caveat in there that we don't replace right. anything or an addition to. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I just wanted to like point out for 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 the viewers who are like thinking about arm care and stuff that this yeah. is this is an addition. Like this is a great addition to to be able to add in after your arm care sets. And, and one thing like that this helps with is like Tim was talking about, this is, this is not a, um, fatiguing recovery. So it's not something that is making your muscles fatigued. Right. So when I, when I, I'm giving an example from, from college, when I would do arm care, I, I would get to a certain extent where it, it was good for me. And then me liking to lift weights and me liking to take things a little too far would go too far and fatigue my arm too much. So next time I try to pitch and I have a high intent day the next day, okay, well, that's great, but I'm still fatigued from yesterday because I went a little bit too much with the arm care stuff. But this doesn't fatigue your arm, right? So that's mm -hmm. great. Get your get your arm care in. But now you can also harp, hop on the Mark Pro and put it on, and then you're not fatiguing your arm any further, but you're still getting the same recovery benefits that you that you are, you're trying to attain. So that's kind of something I wanted to point out that it's a good balance and you need to have both. This isn't right for some guys who are just thinking, Oh, I'm going to throw on the Mark pro right after that may not be the best thing either. Like it's gotta be a nice balance of, of both. And, um, yeah, I don't know if you have any, have anything extra on that, but I just want to touch on that. Kind of finish that off. We yeah. usually suggest that you just use Mark pro last, like, do your regular perturbations, the other things that are going to strengthen those small muscles that you need to have proper mechanics. 
And then after you've done that stimulus, because that's not recovery, that's still all um, a stimulus, that's still workout, then use Mark Pro. And that way, any waste you've created, we get it out. So there's no congestion in the muscle. Um, we're going to continue or create vasodilation. So the vein walls actually get bigger. We bring in more blood to that area that we just stressed. So that we're going to bring nutrients, oxygen repair um, molecules so that those stress fibers, potentially micro damage, micro trauma, we're going to feed that. And then, like I said, on the backside, remove waste. So good stuff in, bad stuff out to the areas that you're really focused on. So we are the a flip side of the same coin to the uh, the rest of arm care. Yeah, and and I also wanna I wanna let you you know point out that for some of these arm care things like the dumbbells and the mm-hmm. eyes wise tees, we need dumbbells, we need space, we need a bench. Yeah. When you're in the car headed home after your late night practice and travel ball, or you're getting home from from the gym at eight thirty and you got a thirty minute ride. You know what are what are the benefits of having that that Mark Pro for recovery um, on the on the way home or, or being portable where you can take it on the bus in between college games you can take it um, to your hotel room you can take it on the plane like what what are maybe I just answered but well <laughs> you, you answered like one yeah. of the big benefits is the fact that yeah. it is really small I wish I had a case here but the cases are I think ten inch by twelve inch so they're not super huge so yeah. portability is one of the huge advantages. But the other advantages of what you were just outlining uh, that you may or may not have been alluding to is when you're traveling, that's all negative downtime. Like you just finished a practice and you go sit in a car for 30 minutes, like you know you're going to be stiff for that car, right? So that is negative downtime that you can take full advantage of without interfering with your normal schedule by putting a Mark Pro on. Um, because you're going to keep that muscle moving without fatiguing it. You're going to keep blood flow in and remove waste. You will not be stiff when you get up. And the additional benefit to that is you shouldn't be stiff the following day. Most stiffness that we experience is metabolic waste. Like everyone wants to call it lactic acid. It's a variety of other things as well. But if we get that waste out, then there's no congestion in the muscles. So we're not impeding the body's ability to move with muscles that are full of waste. So we get that out the following day, since we haven't created more waste, we should have like a really good range of motion. Um, if you look at any of our videos on TikTok, most of the guys are like, my arm feels like a noodle. My arm feels super light. We're removing constriction. We're not making their arms lighter, but we perceive that constriction as weight. So that negative downtime, fill it with something better. Um, and then you'll reap the benefits, uh, not just the next day, but every day you use it, you're going to consistently be removing waste. Yeah. And, and when, we, when we think about Mark Pro at least when I think about it, I think about just the arm. Like I just think about putting it on my arm. Is this, you know, I'm actually curious, is it, is it used for a lot more, um, say a guy was, had, had a fresh arm, like he, he wasn't fatiguing his arm and he's like, oh, my arm's good, but my legs are a little sore or, you know, my back or my lat is a little bit sore. Is, is this something that, you know, we can use on our whole body? Is it just for the arm? Kind of go into that, that detail. Yeah, there's actually two things that I have to answer in that one. Okay. Uh, if your arm feels good, you should still be using the Mark pro on your arm, right? Mm-hmm. This is yep. rehab or it's preventative maintenance. So if you're just starting your season or if you're like mid season, your arm's still feeling good, use the Mark pro. Like we're going to increase your recovery. You're going to get back to hundred percent faster, but 
if you do have other areas of your body that are getting taxed, legs, low back, um, you can absolutely use Mark Pro. The only places you shouldn't be using Mark Pro is on your face, your neck, nether region. Um, but yep. outside of those, right. it's also, it's going to recover in larger the same way. So activate those contractions, get all those same benefits. Um, our pro pitchers will be doing a lot of arm, but also opposing lower back. Like when you step off the mound, that lead leg is going to rapidly decelerate on that decline and it's going to jam your back really good. I mean, you have guys like Verlander's age now, like they've done that a million times. It's going to hurt. So if we can release that area, uh, not just in the moment, but continue to try to keep that at a hundred percent, they won't experience as much pain because we're indirectly addressing pain by decongesting the tissue and feeding it and trying to help repair it. Then when we get to our catchers, like obviously knees are a huge issue. We're not a joint stem, we're a muscle stem. So if we go quads and calves or hamstrings and calves, we're going to push blood through those knees. We're going to take a lot of tension off those knees um, because it ends up being a fulcrum between the two sides of the leg. Um, and we should see some like some extra life in those knees, the same as we're going to see extra life in your arm. Uh, so yeah, both, both things use it everywhere, but also don't use it. If you're just sore, if you're already sore, then you miss the window of opportunity that you get the best results, which is right after your workout. Yeah. So just like, just like anything, right. Be, be proactive. Like yep. if, if you're going to be, if you're doing a hard day, right. Like get after it and then recover. Don't wait until you're sore to, to say, Oh, I should probably go foam roller. I, I should probably go Mark pro. Like just just get ahead of it obviously you're not going to be able to do that every time sometimes you're still going to go through recovery and you're going to be sore that's part of being a baseball player it's part of playing the game part of um pitching part of throwing like there's a it's it's a very taxing um exercise and it puts your body in some crazy position so yeah your body's gonna have to recover and gonna have to feel a little bit a little bit weird a little bit sore after that and and now that we have that foundation of you know what mark pro is how I use it, what it does. I I just want you to to go over maybe a a plan or a routine, maybe like a weekly example of of when these guys should be using it, right? Because I'm sure guys will come and be like, okay, okay, I'm going to use the Mark Pro, but like when, like how long, like where, kind of that kind of thing. Yeah. I, you know, so that would be my next. My next so that topic. is actually really simple, and the answer we should use it at least once a day. You can't overuse it. So if you have several workouts or you're feeling extra sore tight, use it several times, but at least once a day. The best time to use it is right after your workout, within the hour. So like that car ride home is looking really good because you're not doing anything else. It's going to be after you leave. It's a perfect time. And then as far as duration of how long we use it, like our bare minimum is 15 minutes. So 15 minutes is really easy to come by. Even if you get home and you're using it in front of the TV, 15 minutes is great. Now, for our younger athletes, 15 minutes is usually really good. But when we start getting to our older guys that have a lot more wear and tear on them, um, their recovery is just not going to be as good because we're a little bit older. We want to get up into that 30 minutes to an hour range. Um, Our pro pitchers typically will do three to five hours after a start. So they'll go sit in a clubhouse, they'll watch video or movie or whatever, and they'll pump out for three to five hours. Sometimes it'll be mostly arm, shoulder, whatever, but they'll end up doing almost everything. So therein lies the beauty of the Mark Pros. Because you can't overuse it, we're going to get to the point of we'll use it enough that we may no longer get benefit, but we guarantee to get all the benefit out of it possible. 
Um, so yeah, 50, at minimum 15 minutes, at least once a day within an hour of the workout. Yep. And then for the actual location of, of the little pads, mm-hmm. where is, you know, I know it's hard over, if you're watching this on YouTube, it's going to be a little bit easier, but if, if you're watching or you're listening in the car or something it might not be as easy to understand, but when you have these, so there's these little pads or, do you know the, the actual, like, I, know, yeah, I don't know the square inches. Okay. If you are there literally this big yeah so they're these 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 little pads and and they stick on stick on your arm or shoulder or whatever but um where are we where are we placing these and and is it based on where we're sore is it based on where we think we're going to be sore kind of can you go into that um detail yeah so the most you can get real granular about where we end up placing things and most people aren't going to be that sophisticated about it so my normal advice is if you have your own device, you're going to stick those pads on the densest muscle of the area of the large, the densest part of the largest muscle in the area that's tired and sore. So for instance, if it's, if it's your arm, the densest, largest muscle or the largest muscle in your lower arm is going to be the flexor. So it goes underneath the, the hand. If you make a fist and pull it towards you, it's where it's going to get tight on that side of the arm. Put it right in the densest or middle part of that. And then the same thing in your upper arm is going to be your bicep tendon. So we actually hit the bicep and tricep. Um, so for most of our pitchers, that's a non-negotiable. Like we want to treat above and below the elbow. Uh, so that's flexor or bottom part of the forearm and then bicep tendon, uh, but inside not where it connects in the shoulder. Then my other two pads, those become a little bit of... Um, a question session, right? Like if it's mostly shoulder, my standard placement for the shoulder is right in the middle of the deltoid, which is in the outside of the shoulder and right in the middle of the track. But as you know, pitchers mechanics will change. So if they have a lower arm slot, typically they're going to feel it more in their lat or rhomboid. So we can move pads down there, but we follow the same guidance of if that's where you're normally tired and sore, find the densest part of that muscle and stick it there. And then that's going to apply to any other part of the body. So if we're looking at a quad, we're going to find the densest parts of that quad and put pads on there. If it's a calf, we're going to do the same thing. Now, that's our general guidance. If you have no access to our resources, but we have a few resources out there. The manual that comes inside the box has really good pictures to follow. There's actually like live models that we did high-res photos of with pads on so you can see where our suggested pad placements are for things. And then we also have our website. Uh, there's tons of YouTube videos out there, but the one thing that's kind of unique to us is we offer free unlimited coaching calls. So if you have your own device, when you open it up, there's a little card inside that shows you how to set that up on our website. You schedule that time, we call you, and then we answer your specific questions. Because w- we know that the information for your question is out there, but it might be a little bit harder to find. So rather than go sift around and hope it's right, go straight to the source. Brian and customer service does most of those. He's awesome at these. He's been doing them for five years or so. Uh, he'll get you sorted. Um, and then we want to continue to service that unit when you have it. So you can set those up as many times as you want. Um, or if you reach out to DMs on any of our social platforms or email us, like we will get you an answer. We're a really small company. So we're really responsive to people that have questions on usage. Yeah. And, and I, I think the next, the next thing that I move into is when is the arm fatigue and pain not going to be healed, healed by this? I, I think that's an important thing to touch on yeah. because, um, you know, we can do 
all the recovery we want. We can do all the arm care we want. There's still a chance that, that you get injured and, and baseball is a very taxing sport on the arm and on the body. So there is a, there is a chance that, you know, an, an injury comes up and, and maybe the recovery can't, can't bring the, the change and the healing that you actually need. So when is like a good, you know, time or, or a point in the pain or, or in, in the injury to be like, okay, this, this is probably something that is a little bit more than fatigue and, and how can, how can a younger player understand the difference between, you know, the fatigue and then soreness and then an actual pain that is not going to get healed by this and needs to be assessed. Yeah. So that's actually a really important question, especially for, like you mentioned for younger athletes, because they don't have nearly as much experience delineating between pain and soreness, right? Because soreness is pain, but it's different than injury pain. So I think one of the best indicators of whether or not it's a injury that you're concerned about is um, do your normal warm up. If the pain doesn't decrease or go away, it's likely it's more serious than you think it is. Even if it starts decreasing, it might still be an injury, but it's probably the early stages. But if you do a warm up and that pain does not dissipate, that's something you probably want to get looked at, whether it's ATC or doctor or whatever. Um, I would, I'm in terms of Mark pro, I wouldn't necessarily stop Mark pro unless Mark pro is causing the discomfort because that stuff in bad stuff out is going to still help with an injury, but we're, we're not there magically healing like right. a torn rotator cuff in 15 minutes. Right. But yeah. we do want to feed that with oxygen and nutrients. Um, so yeah, pretty, pretty good question. It's just, that the, the most the easiest litmus test for people is bring some additional blood flow to that area if the pain doesn't dissipate it's probably not just muscle tightness yeah and and i also want to touch on moving away from the injury just moving moving into more of a recovery section or topic i, mm-hmm. I when we talked on the phone before briefly we you were talking to me about the the big three i, I remember that Specifically, you were talking about the big three, and I, I know you touched a little bit just kind of on your intro, but maybe you could go back over the big three for those who missed it so now that they can really be focusing on it and, and talk about how everything is, you know, kind of integrated. It's it's not, again, the Mark Pro is an amazing tool to use and uh, to utilize and a great resource to have. However, we need to we need to make sure that we're we're getting the the big things done as well, like like the nutrition and and the sleep. If 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 you're if you're sleeping two hours a night, like staying up and playing MLB the show, and then you know grabbing grabbing no breakfast and just heading to the field and then throwing and then be like, oh, Mark Pro is going to solve it. Like we might have we might have some issues. So maybe yeah. you could maybe you could back me up and touch on touch on those things for the younger players. Yeah, for sure. If you're like, if you're staying up and playing COD all night, and you just go grab a bang in the morning, you think you're good. Then that is an invitation to injury. So we'll jump into that a little bit. So sleep is obviously like the first thing everyone thinks of when it comes to recovery because they're like, I'm resting my body, but it's more than just stillness, right? Like your body actually goes through stages of sleep. There's, I think there's four stages of sleep, and each one has a unique benefit to you. So what you want to do is not just go to bed. You want to cultivate really good sleep. And a lot of that comes down to like a really good sleep routine. Like you can go really far off the deep end. Not that these are bad things, but like it takes a lot of time. There's people that have like specific lamps that dim over time or they wear blue blocking glasses or they have weighted blankets or cool blankets. 
all of those things are great. Yep. Um, and they'll probably improve the quality of your sleep. But the biggest thing that's going to improve the quality of your sleep is a routine. Like yep. eliminate caffeine like at least five to six hours before bedtime, if not longer than that. Um, try to re- reduce screen time as you get towards bed, not just because of blue light, but because screens have like a really quick refresh rate. So it's going to keep your mind stimulated. Um, possibly read a book, but find ways that can help you down cycle so that sleep is easier to fall into. And then obviously like cultivate your sleep area. So there's less distractions, make it darker. Um, try not to sleep with a pet cause they're great and all, but they're probably not going to help with your sleep. Um, and then set an alarm so you actually can start creating a sleep pattern of when you go to sleep and when you wake up. So your body's used to that. So sleep is obviously huge and important. Um, the next pillar to that is intake. So I group hydration and nutrition together because they are the building blocks of what your body needs to function. Um, I think it's like something like 70% of our body is made of water. So obviously water intake is going to be hugely important and it's actually really important for Mark pro as well. <laughs> You're good. It's important for Mark pro as well. Cause just like a massage, you want to make sure you're well hydrated so that that lymphatic drainage can happen a lot easier. Um, if you're not well hydrated, Mark Pro is going to make very little difference to what you're trying to get done because we require fluid movement and if you don't have the fluid there, it's not going to do anything. And then obviously, I mean, food is, is a no brainer. Um, obviously the diet world out there is convoluted, <laughs> but the big thing as an athlete is you want to make sure that you have healthy fats, plenty of protein, and then have your carbohydrates meet your activity level. So if we over carbohydrate, we're going to have insulin issues and cortisol issues and crashes and all that fun stuff. But if we appropriately intake carbs for energy, we'll be in, in the happy, happy boat. Um, so then obviously that leaves the last pillar of active recovery. And that is movement that is not a workout. And I specify that because you alluded to it earlier, a lot of guys don't know when to stop right? Like active recovery in most instances is a bell curve where you're like getting benefit, getting benefit, but eventually it's going to peak. And then the longer you stay in it, it's going to (laughs) dip. So we want to stay as on the slope or on the top of that. And it's hard for a lot of competitive athletes that want to be better and do more to stop when it comes to active recovery. Um, And most after recovery you'll look at is like a light jog or a light row or going through the movement of what you do in your sport. So like if you're a pitcher, like uh, like a pitching movement, right? But without a ball and without maximal speed, um, you're activating the muscles that you need for the sport that's required, but you're not doing it to a, an extent where you're fatiguing them. Um, and this is obviously the category that I pay most attention to because that's what we fall into. And we're doing the same thing. We're creating those activations um, to, to move fluid. So blood flow and then lymphatic drainage. Um, if we don't do both of those things, if we just add heat, for instance, we're going to increase blood flow, but we might increase swelling because we're not removing waste. Um, there's it. And then if we only did lymphatic drainage, then we would drain waste out, but we're not assisting good stuff in, but that's just how muscles work is those contractions will do both. That brings up the huge question of icing, which if you want to get into that, we can. 
Uh, it doesn't fall into active recovery, but it falls into the category of the recovery conversation. Yeah, I um, definitely want to get we can actually it's a great segue into that. Uh, but I also just just um, thinking of, you know, the heat that you just talked about. Maybe you could touch on saunas and ice baths and where those fall into the recovery platform, because those are um, two things that one, I, I mean, ice baths aren't comfortable, but it's a cool thing to do with your mind also. Um, and I'm sure there's a lot of, there's definitely physical benefits as well. So maybe you could touch on that. And also saunas, because I mean, saunas are just, I don't know. I enjoy saunas. I like going in them and <laughs> That'd be it feels, yeah, it feels good to get a, you know, good sweat in. So maybe you could talk about saunas, ice baths, yeah. and then the icing your arm myth. Yeah. So uh, the first thing I want to do is separate localized icing for recovery and full body submersion ice baths, right? Those are yep. two, they both use ice and they both use cold, but they're used in different ways. And when used correctly, icing your arm localized should be very rarely done, if ever. Whereas ice baths, if you use that correctly, you can get really good benefits from it, not because it's recovery in and of itself but because it's a training mechanism that precipitates recovery. And let me get into that a little bit. So when you do a full body submersion, you are literally signaling to your body that it's going to die. If you stayed in that bath too long, you would die. Now, you're not going to, and your brain knows that, but your body physiologically does not. So it's going to have this huge hormone release, which uh, one of the main ones there is dopamine. Um, I think what I've seen is it'll trigger a 200% increase in dopamine that can last for hours. That's crazy. HD, that's amazing. If you're just a normal human being, it's still amazing, but maybe yeah. not beneficial. So the best time to do that, right in the morning, right? You get out of bed, jump in that ice bath. You're going to start, you're going to trigger your day to start with the best hormone production possible. You're going to also start your day with something really hard. So everything the rest of that day is going to be feel probably a little bit easier. Yeah. Uh, and you're also going to get cold shock proteins. Uh, but one of the things you talk about is mentally you have to be really tough to do that. So it is a training mechanism to trigger your body to produce stuff, but also for you to get through that pain threshold. Now, the tricky thing with ice baths is historically a lot of people do it after their workout. And the problem with using it after your workout is there is some significant studies out there, right? About hypertrophy workouts, but what you're really doing is interfering with inflammation. And this is a tricky subject because most people are like, oh, well, I don't want inflammation. Inflammation serves a purpose. It is a signal to your body to repair itself. So if we interfere with it right after a workout, when we need to ramp up repair, then we're going to interfere with our ability to repair. So if we take that ice bath and we move it to the morning, like if we have lingering inflammation and it's going to dissipate some of that, great. We're going to get all the other benefits and we're going to feel a lot better. But if we do that right after a workout, we're going to deter our body's natural response from repairing itself from the work that we just did intentionally to break our bodies down. So we worked in that scenario. We almost worked out for no reason, right? Because we just broke down the body and then we told the body, you can't fix this. So not the best time. The only time it might make sense to do an ice bath after like a heavy event or lift or whatever is if you have to do it again very soon that same day right like a classic example for us is crossfitters they'll do at the crossfit games they'll do three or four events in one day they want to interfere with inflammation they want to keep everything at bay for a time period so doing those ice baths in between 
has a competition-only based benefit. If they did that after their training all the time, they'd actually diminish their training. So that's where kind of where ice baths fit in. Timing is really the biggest deal with them. They have huge benefits, well-documented benefits, um, but put it in the right part of your day. Then we have saunas. Um, obviously, there's two different types of saunas. You have traditional and you have infrared saunas. Um, I don't think there is solid evidence pointing to one or the other being better, um, okay. just slightly different. Yep. Uh, but the nice thing with sauna is everything's going to start feeling loose. You get vasodilation everywhere. You're going to, you're, you're going to have all of that sweat. Everyone's like, Oh, I'm sweating toxins out. Well, you might sweat out some, but the majority of what your toxins are going to be removed from is your lymphatic system, which if you're sweating out lymphatic fluid, you got some problems. So <laughs> it feels really good. It's also really good right after that ice bath because every like all that blood that got pulled into your core, you jump in that sauna, it's going to expedite that that uh, back into your limbs. So fresh, fresh oxygenated blood. That's where that whole contrast therapy comes from. Yeah. Um, contrast therapy is great because it's whole body, um, but you're basically doing what Mark Pro does twice a second <laughs> for 15 minutes. You're doing that once every 10 minutes. Yeah. So it's good. It's whole body. We're going to target an area. Um, but understand the limits of both. Um, but yeah, I mean, it also like same thing with sauna, like you get heat shock proteins. Um, there's still that mental factor, especially if you have an extremely high heat and going, uh, extra long period of time. I think one of the classic examples out there is Laird Hamilton, where he's superhuman. He's a big surfer in California. Um, he'll go into a sauna, he'll crank it up well over 200. He'll ride an exercise bike in there where he has to wear oven mitts because, uh, the, the metal of the exercise bike will burn his hands otherwise. And he'll stay in there for I don't know, 10, 12 minutes. Insane. I don't think you need to go that far. Um, but you are training your body on either end of those thresholds. So I think both of those are relevant and great devices if you've access to them. But I also think, especially when it comes to ice baths, the benefits are drastically overstated. Not to say that there isn't some, but you know, same, the same concern I have with Mark pro where people are like, this is my life savior. No, like you need to have a well-rounded routine. And if ice baths were part of that or sauna is part of that, great. Yeah. And, and if you do have enough money to get a big enough sauna to put a bike in there, you can try to do what Laird does. Um, mm -hmm. I, I didn't, I didn't know he did that with saunas. I've, uh, read one of the books I read with him. I think it was like, what doesn't kill us. And it yeah. was talking about, was talking about him. I didn't remember saunas from that, but I remembered he, um, had a pool and he would do a lot of breath hold techniques and methods, um, in that pool where you could pass out. Um, but so maybe <laughs> yeah, you don't do that. I'm not, I'm not, uh, promoting that, but, um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But that, you get down to that. Even if you start looking at Wim Hof stuff is yep. Wim Hof uses cold as a stimulus. Like yep. it is the marketing that's out there from his company talks a lot about ice and everything else. Cause it seems interesting and marketable. But if you look at his actual literature, it's about breathing. It's about controlling the inner workings of yeah. exactly what the airbox is doing. So yep. I eat a great stimulus to doing that. But if you don't have a focus on both your breathing, which is yep. also hugely underrated, uh, your yep. breathing, mental state, your response to things, then you're not going to get half the benefits that you should be from either of those two mechanisms. Absolutely. Love it. That, I mean, we just went to holistic uh holistic health class right there so you're welcome everybody um yeah so last last 
Mark pro question of the day, probably the most important one. It might, might, uh, might stump you, but biggest question is, is, does it hurt? Like, <laughs> you know, that's a question that people might have. Yeah. yeah. Um, so to tell you, to answer that question, I won't say yes or no, okay. but I do a lot of events every year. Like I think this year I had 26 weekends away from home that I was working and I have like at those, there are usually PG events. I'm targeting 13 through 15, but I have 10 year olds that come back three, four times a day trying to use this thing again and again, because if it hurt, they would not be doing it. <laughs> um, yeah. But they, they just love the feeling. They think it's cool. They don't even really need it yet. Cause they didn't even hit puberty. Like they don't have like yeah. muscle pains that are really fatiguing them. They just think it feels cool. What makes like the whole thing about Mark pro not fatiguing is because of our electrical waveform and that electrical waveform mimics muscle muscle contractions much closer than any other stim that's out there. So the side benefit to it not being fatiguing is it's safe, but it's also really comfortable. It feels like it's almost like there's like a, like a little gremlin inside your arm, just punching you like real light, but with zero pain. Um, I've been asked that question a ton of like how it feels. And I still don't have a great answer except yeah. say to try it. Cause yeah, it feels, I usually get a giggle face, to be honest. Like, there's no screaming or writhing in pain. There's just people, like, 15-year-old kids sitting in the chair giggling because they're like, this is just weird. I don't understand. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Yeah, just try it. Just try it. Not going to hurt, though, but it's it's it'll be it'll be a fun experience. Yeah. Uh, and last... one yeah, thing to that, if, if it does hurt, then we're doing something wrong. Like, if there's, like, a prickly sensation or if it feels electrical or if it's stinging or biting, we probably just need to move the pad. Yep. Or if the muscle itself is really in pain, then you might actually have an injury we want to address. But outside yep. of those things, like, shouldn't be a problem. Yeah. And now, now we're going to get into the final stage, final stage of the podcast is just the rapid fire questions. So just, I'm going to sh shoot off the questions. Just give me uh, whatever comes to mind real quick first. Um, favorite, favorite book. Ooh. Um, I was a huge fan of The Martian, like the actual book, not the movie, the one that okay. I was yeah. um, It's both a good read, but also a really good audio book if you get a chance to listen to it. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty big into like space and, and universe stuff, and I've, wa oh, I've watched The Martian. I thought it was great. My wife actually works for NASA, and we live down here by Kennedy Space Center. So like everything around here is space. So if I didn't give you a space, space answer on something, then I'd be missing out. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty sweet. Um, all right. Favorite memory from baseball? Oh, the the four games in 2004, Red Sox beating the Yankees. Like, <laughs> I, was college, I was, like, rushing out of my night classes to go watch these games. It was the most electrifying baseball experience of all time. The only thing that would have been better is if I was there at Fenway, which yep. would have been – I probably would have died of a heart attack. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, favorite food? Oh, I'm gonna say pizza. It's okay. it's just, it's so readily accessible everywhere. You get a huge spectrum of food and pizzas. Yep, just damn good. Yep. What is something uncomfortable that you want to start doing in order to grow? Who? Yeah, oh. I dropped that one on you. Sorry. It's a rapid fire, not thoughtful questions. I know. Um, that is a good question. We can, we can come back to it at the end, too. Yeah, come back to it, because I want to give All you right. an honest answer. I'm not sure quite right. yet. 
All right, I'll come back to it. All right, um, something you often forget you're grateful for. Ah, uh, my family. Um, yep. I travel a lot for work, and uh, you get that reminder every time you come back home. Yeah. But sometimes you're on the road. Oh, this is hard or whatever, and then you come home and you're like, "This is what I'm doing it for." So yeah. definitely, definitely, my. That's pretty awesome. Uh, best life lesson baseball has taught you. Baseball taught me. Yep. Who uh, don't or sports? You can do sports, soccer. You can do soccer. whatever. I yeah. spend so much time now, and it probably don't judge a book by its cover. Because you get like, I mean, you get these kids come in the tent, and you're like, "Oh, this guy's just gonna be a tool," <laughs> and he's gonna be, he's just gonna be one of those guys that's just, you know, he's here for the free demo or whatever. Um, and then you start talking to him, and the people that you think might be you would want to spend less time with, you end up spending way more time because they have the most interesting stories. Um, Because like that, that cover to like fulfill that metaphor is like tattered and broken. And there's a reason for that. So the story inside is awesome. Yeah. Advice to your five-year-old self. Oh, you'll never really grow up. (laughs) Like I'm 41. And at no point in my life do I feel like I'm 41, right? So the problem with, I, if I'm remembering myself correctly when I was five, is like at some point you're going to have it all figured out and like life's going to be easy. There is, that is not a point. So oh, really? <laughs> there's no point oh. left. It's all figured out, right? Yeah. So that whole, like, the, like there's a lot of the memes out there now about people are like, um, like no one told me that, you know, you're never an adult, right? Because at some, it's weird. You can't even quantify what being an adult means. So once you're a five-year-old, you're always a five-year-old. And then you're also a six-year-old and seven-year-old, but that five-year-old's always still there. Like you do not have it figured out. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not sure if I'm an adult or not yet. Um, (laughs) I'm 24, but I don't, I don't know. I'm trying, I'm trying to figure out if I am or not. So I think, (laughs) I think that's, that's something I'll probably think about for the next the rest of my life. Um, so I'll come back to it. I don't know if you have it yet, but yeah. um, something you're going to, you want to do that's uncomfortable in order to grow. Yeah. I actually, um, it kind of throws back to what you were talking about before, like favorite book. Like yep. I want to read a heck of a lot more. Okay. It's only uncomfortable because a lot of the time um, you're like, well, I have to make the time for it. I'm too busy or whatever. But then yeah. if I'm, going through Instagram like there's times there that instead of that simple dopamine release of seeing some crazy baseball video or whatever like I should be there reading a book and not just like fun fan fiction or whatever like like historical fiction or something like non-fiction like something that is going to lean on someone else's experience and that's where like the growth comes from but the difficult part is like setting aside that time and going back to creating part of a routine yeah yeah, I like that. That's that's all I got real real quick before we end. I'm just going to say um, if if you are interested in, in Mark Pro, check them out at markpro.com. But also you can use code PRIMALBASEBALL, P-R-I-M-A-L-B-S-B-L, at checkout for 10% off of Mark Pro products. And uh, I also want to give, you know, I know you, you touched on it at the beginning of the podcast, but I want to give you some time right now just to, to tell the listeners and, and viewers where they can find Mark Pro and and your social media and and just have a time yeah. for a little awareness right now 
Yeah, so our right now our primary primary uh, social media platforms are TikTok and Instagram, um, just because they're the easiest ones for us to interface with. Um, the TikTok videos, like I mentioned earlier, are pretty interesting. You'll see people's arms bouncing around and stuff. We ask them some relevant questions of the day that have nothing to do with baseball or Mark Pro, um, but it's a fun one to follow. Uh, Instagram has a little bit more information on it as far as uh, pad placements and other things. Um, but like I said, like if you have questions at all, go to our website, reach out there, reach out somewhere. We'll get them answered. Um, at least for me, like I try not to interface with people as every, not everything's a sales cycle. So if you have a question, ask it. Like obviously I'm super interested in recovery stuff. Like I've talked about a bunch of non-Mark Pro things. And that usually, if you see me at an event, come see me at one of those, ask all those questions. So really it's, uh, I focus on it as an education base take full advantage. Yeah. And, and for an example, I reached out on primal baseball to, to get a podcast and I got a reply back. And now we're sitting here talking <laughs> for almost an hour about uh, saunas and cold plunges in the Martian. So, um, yeah. So again, everybody listening, please go follow us at primal baseball on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, check out Mark pro. Again, you can use the code primal baseball for 10% off at checkout and and hope you guys hope you guys listen to us and and come back for another episode so thank you tim for the time tonight and and really enjoyed the conversation with you yeah have a great one jordy